right, welcome back to the foxhole. Fox trying to get the foxhole, the scene. Episode two, number three. I don't know how many scene episodes we have overall, but this is season two, episode three. Got a big interview, bringing back the quarter man for the first time since 2022 to do a deep dive on motorsports. Looking forward to that as always. Definitely check out episode two, my wonderful interview with Janet Brody, author of Sit Behind the Nets. Check out her book with this for sure. Also be looking forward to episode 197, which is going to be coming out on Friday. So big week in the foxhole, and I got to get it in. Oh, it's PSG. Big win today, which we'll be talking about quite a bit. Big week in sports, obviously the Super Bowl and all kinds of nuttiness. So, yeah, big week in the foxhole. Anyways, without further ado, we will bring you the corner man, Jim K. All right, folks. It's a pleasure to bring back the corner man after missing last year because I was just lagging as far as getting guests booked into the scene. But now it's time for us to revisit what's going on in the world of motorsports. And because of his wonderful information he's passed on to me, I feel like this is going to be a better interview than all the previous ones. So without further ado, welcome back to the foxhole, the corner man, Jim K. Mr. Ken, man, I got the helmet on, I got the camos on, ready to dive into the hole, and let's get it done. Okay. Bring it on. Fantastic. Well, let's start here with a little Formula One, which is obviously, you know, exploding all over the place. And the first thing I got to ask, which is on everybody's mind, what do you think about Hamilton going to Ferrari? Good or bad move? Well, for him, it's probably a good move. Um, you know, he he moved, he had a show to knack for great timing when he left McLaren back in after the 2013 season and moved to Mercedes just in time to, to inherit the most dominant car on the grid. And, you know, that led to six titles in seven years. Um, you know, so driving for the, the prancing horse is every driver's dream. And, you know, let's face it, Lewis is in the twilight of his career and he's probably over the next two or three years, not going to have any real legitimate shot at, title number eight driving for Mercedes uh, Ferrari sh at times shows as good a one lap pace as any car on the grid. If they can get their uh, long run uh, and, and tire wear situation straightened out that they could threaten Red Bull and, and Hamilton is still, you know, one of the best if not the best on the grid. Um, some people like him, some people don't, but there's no doubt in his talent and uh, it, it's, it's why not, you know, it's, it's a good time to make a move. And he'll he'll have a lame duck year for Mercedes, but I look forward to seeing what he can do for a year or two uh, in the red. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. We were talking before the interview started about you know our long history together. And Todd, when I felt I saw that he was thirty-seven, I was just like, where? How the hell did he? How the hell is he thirty-seven? Where did time go? But uh, <laughs> right, I mean, I was just like, huh. Yeah, he'll, he's he's going to be in his 40s when he retires. There's no doubt about it, which at one time was unheard of for uh, Formula One drivers because, of course, at one time, you know, half of all Formula One drivers, you know, didn't survive the, the occupation. But, you know, it, it's, you know, it it's not 
uncommon anymore for drivers to be really successful up into their mid to late thirties. You know, Fernando Alonso showing that it can be done into the forties. And I think, you know, Lewis Hamilton obviously takes good care of himself. So uh, I think he, it'll be really interesting to see what happens in 2025. Of course, that's, you know, we're going to have some new regulations coming in and over the next few years too. So that, that could give him a chance to be in, in a dominant car uh, to finish out his career. So give me a little rundown. You know, you know anything about these regulations that are to come, such as? Well, that's the, uh, interestingly enough, is the regulations were used kind of as, as an excuse uh, to keep Andretti out, at least in 2025. But that's, that's, that's a later topic. But uh, at this point, they haven't been released. So okay. Um, okay. The, 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 team, the teams are working on development for their 24 and 20. And of course, very soon they'll start already on developing their 2025 cars. There's so little testing that they get to do. Uh, and, you know, they can bring upgrades as the season goes along. But the thing about it is, is once they, it's why Mercedes was so dominant for so long, they established the formula and with, with very little exceptions there's not really a whole lot of change so if you hit it right you're fast you know of course the cars evolve and i'm not a, a an engineer or anything like that so i don't know how they go about extracting you know another uh, tenth of a second or two tenths of a second out of the car from year to year uh but when they hit 2026 they're going to have new regulations and and so uh, over the next couple of years, it'll be pretty much the end of uh, the newest iteration of the car, which has really been favoring Red Bull at this time. Ah, oh, interesting. Okay. I mean, obviously, before I get to that, I mean, how do you see his lame duck year at Mercedes playing out? I think it'll be okay. You know, I mean, Lewis Hamilton is fast. I mean, he's it, it, he has to have, you know, there, there are certain things about this this Mercedes that haven't suited his driving style as well. Um, I, you know, he hasn't won a race in a couple of years. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him win a race in 2024. Although I, if I was a betting man, I'd bet against it. But, um, I, I think the level of professionalism that he carries himself with and, and the level of professionalism that total Wolf and the guys at Mercedes have, um, it, it is to, in their best interest to be as successful as they can, you know, um, I, I don't know if they have the horses to run with, with Red Bull or not, but last year, hopefully last year was a one in a million type situation where one car wins all okay. 22 out of 23 races, Which but is a I, I, think he'll be, I think he'll be competitive, but whether he wins or not, um, that's a tall order. Perfect segue into the next question, which is, I guess it, it basically comes to this Mad Max's dominance why is why he and Red Bull so much better, and does the gap close in twenty twenty four? Well, at, at times, you know, the gap closed from from week to week or from race to race. I mean, he wasn't, you know, always, you know, a single lap pace was not always overwhelmingly dominant. But what the Red Bull was really good at was was you know that they, they were very good with the tires and long run pace. And, you know, when you're, when you're beating the field by 20 seconds, you know, just back to second place, uh, that, you know, that's just a crushing, you know, they're, they're just crushing them. Uh, Verstappen is, is, is truly a generational talent. I mean, sure. Everybody says you put, put some guy in the best car and, and, and he's going to win, but 
uh, you know, to be able to, to drive on the edge without making the mistakes that, that, you know, keep rivals close and, and without crashing out once or even once here or there, you know, Verstappen's great. And, and if people haven't, if other teams haven't closed the gap um, significantly, then I think we'll see Verstappen win his fourth championship in a row. And that's kind of the way Formula One is. I mean, if you think about it, two teams have won the last 14 championships. You know, uh, Vettel won four in a row with Red Bull. Hamilton won six out of seven with Mercedes, with uh, his teammate. Uh, Rosberg winning one, and now Verstappen's won three in a row. It's, it's, it, it, it is a rich man's, you know, that the rich get richer. You know, it, it's very difficult to talk the one guy and, and it's not something that's just, you know, with Verstappen, it's been going on with F1 for, you know, a decade and a half now the, the, the days of really the competitiveness at the very top um, haven't just haven't been there. So I, I really honestly don't think that they're going to head Verstappen off, but we'll find out a lot. And when they get down to um, preseason testing, the one, the three day testing late February where they get um, uh, the cars will get a chance to get on the track and, and, I know it's just testing, but you know you you'll get a good sense if there are cars that are fast. And you'll get a good sense if a car is, is slow. You know you're going to have your fastest guys out there and your slowest guys out there, and you'll have five or six teams kind of in the middle fighting. You know that's at least the midfield fight is becoming um, is getting it's becoming wider and wider with, with at least three or four, if not five teams. Um, can legitimately stake a claim to third or fourth place in the standing. So um, the interest might not be at the very top, but right below the very top, it should be just as interesting as ever. Oh, no doubt. So let me ask you this then before I move on to the next point. Um, you know, because I know the historical knowledge that you have and, you know, the passion that you have for all of the circuits, how would you stack Mad Max, all things being, you know, unequal in terms of technology and advancements historically, where would you where would you put him in terms of all the great F1 drivers? Well, I think it's just to be safe and to be on the conservative side. I would say it's it's safe to say he's a top twenty all time at this point in his career. And you got to remember, he's only in his mid twenties. Mm-hmm. It's not like you know he's not all that old. Um, you know, at, at one point or another, he would have been, you could say a 30, 31, 32 year old formula one driver was getting up there in years. That's not the case. I mean, he's still got, you know, if he wants to do it and remains healthy, nothing happens to him. I haven't forbid he, a decade, decade plus, you know, and he's not going to win, you know, 20 races a year. I mean, he won't win 10 races a year. Most years when if the new regulations level things out or if a different team hits it, in the, in the next iteration of the car, then, you know, he might not win at all. I mean, look at Hamilton. Like I said, he hasn't won in two years, but you know, just simply on, he, I mean, he's top five already in overall wins, which anymore isn't really the fairest arbiter of, of all time greats. Uh, he does have three titles, which, you know, puts him up there on the list. Um, so I, I, I would put him in the top 20. Um, okay. I wouldn't say, you know, he's the greatest or anything like that. Not yet. But does he have the potential to, you know, have been the, in the discussion for, you know, top five all time? Uh, certainly. But give that a few more years. But for now, um, safely top 20. God, that's great. Because I was kind of wondering, because obviously I don't have that kind of knowledge. And I was, you know, struggling to figure out, you know, where he fits in the hierarchy. And I appreciate that insight. 
So let me move on to this. So, okay, obviously, this past uh, November, you know, big event here stateside. What was your, give me your impressions on Vegas, the return of F1 to Sin City. Well, the first, <laughs> the first couple of things that, that happened did not give it a <laughs> no real doubt. good uh, 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 look uh, with the bottom of Carl Sainz's car getting torn off by basically a, pot, a manhole cover. And then, of course, with the with the first practice session getting uh, delayed, and then all the fans getting kicked out. That was, you know, that was a little tone deaf, and, and you know, it, it was a, not a good PR move. The the thing that you know really rubbed me wrong about that whole event was how late they started it. You know, they they, they had it was literally middle of the night event, and and, and that's. That's dumb. I'm sorry. You know they they don't they didn't run the the other Formula One races in the United States in the middle of the night. You know for European television, I get what they did. They wanted the world to see the Vegas, you know the, the glitz and the glamour and the the lights of Las Vegas. You know, but doing it at eleven, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock. You know, it, if you want to start the race at six or, you know, have practices at six or seven. Okay. I mean, but then, then you're talking in the middle of the morning, middle of the night, you know, three in the morning, Europe time, and they can't have that. So what they did is they sacrificed uh, what they normally do, which is to have a, a, a fixed start time to, to give Europe uh, a early, early Sunday morning show or early Monday morning show um, early day early in the day show you know for practices and things like that that for us over here stateside and who might have wanted to check it out you know that that made it very difficult you know and for us to watch it live that was that made it very difficult and the other thing about it that just rubbed me all wrong was how exorbitantly expensive everything was and I, I mean, I know the world we live in now is, is the way the prices of things have gone way up. And if you wanted to go to the Formula One race in Miami, same thing. You had to pay a lot of money. But, you know, $250 for a T-shirt, you know. Yeah, so, uh, just kind of felt like, well, gee, you know, this is supposed to be a party for us, too. And we're completely no, it's priced not. out. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not for us. It's, it, it's, you know, we are. We're priced out. It's just the way it is. And. I honestly don't know or what can be done about that. I mean, there's nothing, you know, it, you can't force a business to not charge, you know, what it can get. You know, that that's supply well, and that's demand. That's, that's a basic. If you listen to yeah. my regular podcast, oh, I'm always yeah. talking about the economic side and how out yeah. of the whack it is with everything at this point. Well, exactly. And, you know, you say that the, it starts with, you know, and it starts with compensation. You know, if you're going to make, you know, uh, a quarter of a million dollars to play a basketball game, well, then the ticket prices are naturally going to going yeah, to reflect so that because they have to pay them. The TV contracts are, are you know, outrageous and over the top. I mean, there's just everything has an inflated value to it. Oh, sure. So, and you and know, now that social and, media has, has made it such a status thing, you know, for the rich kids in terms of, hey, I'm pimping with, you know, Sophia um, you know, and, and all well, of her peeps. You know, the truth of the matter is, 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 is outside, you know, it's nice to be able to go to a race here or there. Um, at a Formula One event, you don't get within 
you know, 150 yards of the cars, those drivers. I mean, you don't get anywhere close. It's just a place to go, if, you know, see and be seen. Uh, you get a little bit of a view of the track, you know, here or there. I, I would just soon watch it on TV anyway. Um, you know, Likewise. I want to I walk through a paddock. I want to stand there at the rope, you know, literally 10 feet away from the car as it's, 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 as they're tuning it, you know, and they're they fire it up and you hear it. And, you know, you see the, the team managers and the mechanics and, and the dry, even the drivers, the drivers will come out, you know, and they'll whiz right by you most of the time or they'll stop and take pictures and stuff. F1, you know, about the only thing you ever see of the drivers is their helmet as they're sitting in the car driving by you at 120 miles an hour or whatever it is, you know, whatever part oh, of the track totally, you're at. Totally. So, so, you know, for, for what I'm going to pay for that, you know, Hey, if that's for you, more power to you, you know, good on you, mate. <laughs> Which brings me to another interesting point that, that kind of collapses into this. So, you know, obviously F1 being, you know, more of a global thing, but there's been some grumbling from, you know, longtime fans and just, well, you know, people just want to complain and bitch about anything. You know, as I always say, people should have their internet privileges revoked half of the time for some of the ignorant <laughs> things they say. Exactly. But there is like this real big complaint that there's been an Americanization of the sport. And, you know, obviously Chicago, I believe, is going to get a race here in the near future. What are your thoughts about the growth of the sport in, this Amer in America in the years moving forward and those who are not happy about America putting its stamp on the circuit? Well, Chicago will get a cup race uh, or has a cup race now. Um, okay. I, don't, I, haven't, I don't know about a Formula One race. We've got three yeah, F1 there's, races there's in an America F1 already. Race that's, I think it's, gonna, it's supposed to come online here in the next two or three years, I believe. We'll see. Um, I, you know, someone's going to have to lose a race. They're already up to 24 on schedule, but mm -hmm. I'm not so much worried about the Americanization of it. Um, it's to me, it's a little understandable because the, the United States is a big untapped market for formula one four or five years ago. I mean, there, you know, there's no, there's no, you know, you can say Haas is an F1 American F1 team, but really they're not. I mean, Gene Haas is, is, is American, but the, you know, that's a British team. They're out of great Britain and, and you know, that's where their factory is. It's where they're based from. Um, there, there is not, you know, there's not a lot of, of interest in formula one in the United States. And then it was the old, uh, the, the, and believe it or not, I still have never watched the show, but the Drive to Survive uh, Netflix show, um, and suddenly, you know, Formula One started taking off here in the United States. Um, I don't, you know, Liberty Media uh, is a United States company, so they they want to tap into um, this market. Why not? I mean, that that's that's you know that's kind of the way it works. You want to no, absolutely. It's a it's a, it's a business. You know, they want to make money. Right. Uh, I, I you know, in but absent any real American presence in the series, I I, I don't see long-term sustainability for the for the you know the interest in america i think it will wane um okay well i, 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 I would I, counter I, that i would push back slightly yeah. just because of the you know kind of this this, this whole swifty effect you're seeing in the nfl the same thing that the influencers you know whether they're ig nut jobs or whatever the case may be they've kind of gravitated to it and I think, you know, that whole social media presence and it being, you know, one of these status things among, you know, the new, I don't know what you want to call it, I want to call it the Illuminati, but 
right? The fact that, you know, the, the, the beautiful people have embraced this and can't, and, and, and it's an event for them to be seen at, it makes me wonder in terms of that it will actually, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be on the level of the No Fun League and stuff like that, but I do think it's going to trend up as long as those folks see it as, a, as, as you know, one of these events to be seen at. Well, no doubt the events in America will be well attended. I, I, I have no doubt about that. They're, they're going, they, you hit it right on the head. It, it is an event. It, it, it is to be seen at. It is, it's, it's the place to be. It's, you know, the, the racing equivalent of the million dollar luxury box, at the Super Bowl, you know, it's, it doesn't quite cost a million dollars, but might be kind of close, but, um, it's not the place for you or I, but no, it's a place, to be, you know, it's a place to be, it's a place to be seen. So these, these events will do well. I, I'm talking more, um, more on the hardcore aspect of, of the of fandom. Mm -hmm. I don't think that, that the interest in, in maintaining, you know, the, the, the deep rooting interest uh, will will stay there. Um, commercially, uh, yeah, I have no doubt that these events in the United States for, for many years to come will be very commercially successful, which, you know, the bottom line is, is the bottom line. So I guess it's okay, you know. All righty. Let me ask you one more before we take a quick break and then hop over to the 10 tops. Um, who should we be keeping an eye on outside of obviously Mad Max, Mr. Hamilton, to make noise in this 24 campaign coming up here? Well, I I would really like to, I, I believe that it's time for Lando Norris to finally finally get a win. Uh, if, uh, if Red Bull isn't in a situation where they're going to win 23 out of 24 races, you know, like they did this past year winning all but one, if there is a little more competitiveness at the top, um, I would expect to see Lando Norris up there. The McLaren team has been been gaining and gaining in strength. Um, Oscar Piastri is is a is a superstar type level talent. So between Piastri and Norris, uh, they they have a, a great young driver lineup. Uh, Norris is bolstered by having signed a long term deal with McLaren. Um, I would I would expect to see Lando um, be as competitive this coming year, if and if not more so than he was in 2023. Um, I'm kind of sort of thinking that maybe just maybe uh, the Ferrari boys, uh, well Charles Charles Leclerc anyway, mm -hmm. uh, might uh, be pretty competitive. I'm, I'm my every year we always hope that Ferrari is. This is the year. This is the year. But uh, they were making strides at the end of last year. Um, I, I kind of have a feeling that Ferrari is absolutely going to dump Carlos. <laughs> we talked about you know earlier Hamilton and, and mm -hmm. the professionalism that that they'll they'll carry the year out. I I, I semi suspect uh, um, that Ferrari's already uh, dusting off the uh, other side of the garage. Uh, getting ready for Hamilton, <laughs> so I don't know how the new car effort for Ferrari is going to do. But which is too bad because Carlos Sainz actually ha has acquitted himself extremely well in, in his Formula One career, and um, and it, of course uh, the, the 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 rumor is is that he'll be the face of Peugeot when when they come into Formula One in a couple of years. So I know um, that. always always insightful. 
Cool. So, okay, let me take a quick break here, then we'll come back with some NASCAR on the other side. All right, then. As we're cruising along, always a pleasure to talk to a man, Jen. Obviously, we went to school together, so I've known him for many, many, many moons. Also, forgot at the beginning to thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com for continuing to use the podcast. Want to be on the podcast or sponsor it? F-T-I-N-F-X at gmail.com. Also, a shout-out to Rogue and Zoom for providing wonderful tools for content creation. Fun day here on the podcast. Getting this all assembled, and then I'm going to drop the regular episode. So, lots of listening coming up for this week. See you on the other side. All right, then. Back in the foxhole on a fabulous Friday. You are listening to my wonderful interview with the Corner Man, doing a deep dive on the world of motorsports, what we can expect in 2024. Anyway, here we go. All right, then. We are back with the Corner Man, doing our supposedly annual deep dive on the world of motorsports, but we missed last year, so we got a lot to catch up with, and we had an impressive first segment, so I can't wait for this one, because this one I I know a little more about, even though I don't know as much as I should, which is one of the things we're going to bring up here. Well, I'm going to backtrack, because obviously this is being the biggest, you know, week as far as eyeballs are concerned with this circuit. Obviously, you know, the big events at Daytona. But let me backtrack to the clash. Did you watch it? No, actually, I I was out of town. I had a family thing going on, and I didn't watch it, and I didn't miss it. Okay, because that's what I was kind of wondering. Do you think running the cars in the Coliseum is more of a gimmick, or do you like the uniqueness of the event? Well, it's absolutely a gimmick. Um, And, and, you know, and I I credit NASCAR for – um, for what they did. And I think it's time to do something else now. Um, you know, that, especially given the way the cars are, uh, it, it is absolutely just not conducive for good racing. Um, the, and their short track package as a whole hasn't been, <laughs> hasn't been very good. Uh, but it was basically you get out in front and very little passing, you know, um, of course the, the, the usual back markers were back markers, but I, I did catch it on, on, on the DVR. So I did watch uh, a, a portion of it anyway. Uh, but it just, it's just not compelling racing. Okay. That's what and, I was kind of worried. I only caught bits of, I watched more of it last year than I did this year. Yes. So much going on, but okay. And that was kind of, you know, the opinion I got from folks who actually have a clue about it. It's like, it's great in terms of, especially in the LA Metro, getting folks that otherwise wouldn't go out to, let's say, Fontana to check it out. And I know there's people in my soccer orbit that went there, but they're going to forget as soon as MLS starts that NASCAR even exists. But it was kind of good for the casuals, but most of the true racing aficionados. How about this one? I guess they're gonna they're gonna move on from the Coliseum and take it to like Brazil or other places in Latin America in the coming years. And do you think that'll fly? Uh, you know, they'll be able to one off here and there. Um, the 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 clash is it's not like you know um, 
they did the same thing every year with the classics. They held it in the same place every year. It was at Daytona, but you know, from and especially over the last decade, decade plus. I mean, every year, uh, you know, it used to be you win a pole, the next year you run the Clash. You know, and and then it was the it was the the Bud Shootout, the Bush Clash, whatever it's been called variously over the years. Uh, but then it, then it became basically just about, you know, three quarters of the field was in it and it kind of lost a little bit of its, its appeal. Um, truthfully, I, I'm down with it to stay at Daytona, except they, they tear up too much equipment. So, you know, if they want to take it to different places, if, and again, it gets back to the economics of it. Um, you think, well, you know, Look how expensive it is to, to, you know, to go to Mexico City or to go to Rio or, or you know, somewhere in Brazil, Sao Paulo, or, or wherever the case may be. In um, telling, unless a team owner says, "Well, you know, I'm not doing this because I can't afford it," then who am I to tell them that they can't do it? I mean, you know, if that's what they want to do. And, and and let's be honest, it, it's an exhibition, you know. So what if it's in? I mean, I, I'm not going to go to Daytona to watch it anyway. I mean, I <laughs> I'd, I'd plan once in my life to maybe go to Daytona, but you know, it, it's so what if they hold it in Japan? You know, they, they, they used to race an exhibition at twin ring Motegi. Um, who cares if they go to Sao Paulo? Who cares? You know, I, I, I would, you know, if that's what they want to do, I, I give credit to, to NASCAR. They're trying, you okay. know, people criticize there's, there's nothing like a bitter race fan because that's most race fans are always complaining. <laughs> you touched on it at the beginning, yeah. you know, complaining, 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 complaining about this, complaining about that. They, they, they do, you don't change the schedule. Well, then they're boring. They never change the schedule. So they change the schedule. What are you changing the schedule for? What are you going here? What are you going there for? You know, I, I give credit to Ben Kennedy. He's a young guy, and he, he's one of the, the guys who's coming up with some of the ideas. He's a guy that, that's credited with the idea for um, uh, running in L.A., uh, Lisa France Kennedy's uh, son, and he used to run the truck series himself. And, and uh, uh, they're trying stuff. You know, it, not everything's going to work. The Chicago, they, they're going to, they did a street race in Chicago, for crying out loud. Sure. Now it turned out to be kind of disastrous because <laughs> of the rain. But you know they they ran on dirt at Bristol. Uh, they ran on dirt. Uh, they ran on another dirt track. You know I, I you know would like to see them not run on dirt anymore. Well, I was or gonna say, run on dirt. I, I hear that know. they're moving away from from the whole Bristol concept. And I was wondering what yeah, you thought about that. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and you know, but they're trying different. They're trying different things. They're they're going to have uh, different races in the first round of of the chase this year. You know, they're 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 doing different things. I mean, and that's one of the things that NASCAR did that ended up, you know, when, when everything went off a cliff, you know, eight or nine years ago or however long it was, because it was the same thing every year. I mean, you can count on, you know, the, the schedule looked exactly the same. They did the same thing, you know, and it, it got kind of stale. So they're trying different things. And uh, um, if they want to put the clash in, in, you know, Tim Buck too. So uh, go ahead. You know, as long as I can put on the DVR and watch it, you know, I'm cool. <laughs> well, you know, and this is perfect segue as our conversations always seem to get, you know, I guess I've, I've known you long enough to know how the conversation's going to go either that or we can just read your response. But we touched on this the first few times that we spoke. And I think now it's, it's definitely worth revisiting. And this would be the sports popularity and the perception that it's waning. You know, where are you at this? Because we had, you know, an interesting chat the last time we spoke about it, and I think it's even more relevant now. 
Well, they've got a new TV contract. Um, they still haven't figured out all the particulars for 2025 and beyond about where things are going to be. Um, it, it looks like, you know, they're, they're joining the, the streaming um, Which makes um, sense. revolution. I mean, and, and you know, as, you know, time marches on, you know, there are a lot more people that aren't, you know, um, you know, hooked into the regular standard TV. They're hooked into, you know, um, streaming. Yeah. And so why not be a part of it? Um, the, it, it doesn't take a genius to see the overhead shots of the crowds to see that the, the, on the, at the track crowds just aren't as big as they used to be. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is, you know, and we, I talked about the, the way it was so popular for, for a while. and, And now they've, they've literally torn out, you know, huge stretches of grandstands at different tracks like at Las Vegas. And, and, you know, they paint that they paint the seats, you know, mm-hmm. various colors. So from, you know, the blimp, it looks like there's people in the stands and there's not, you know, and, and, you know, look at Bristol. Bristol used to be a, like a 25 year waiting list for a ticket. And, you know, and then it's literally half empty now, you know, so. It's shocking. It, I mean, I have an idea it, why, it, but. You know, you, you'd be ignoring reality to say that, that it hasn't lost in popularity. Uh, that being said, it's still a popular sport. And, you know, and, and, and if you want to try and regain popularity, are you going to do the things that you've been doing that made you lose popularity? Or are you going to try different things? You're, you're going to try different things. There's still the, the, the big complaints amongst the, the quote-unquote old-time NASCAR fans. Or, you know, I hate the chase. I hate, you know, the, the chase is just ruined and blah, 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 blah. I hate stage racing. I hate stage racing, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, tough. <laughs> yeah, you know, then, then, then don't watch because the chase is not going anywhere. It's been in since 2000 and what, 2004? Yeah. Uh, 2000, yeah, 2004. So it's, it's 20 years. I mean, come on. It's not going anywhere. Um uh, it actually, I don't like the fact that, you know, that, a, that a, a Ryan Blaney can win a championship that, that, that rubs me wrong. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll it, get it, to that for sure. It, <laughs> like, it, that's a question it, I have here. It, it's not that Blaney isn't a, an excellent race car driver, but you know, it, literally you are in the hunt. You know, as long as you are still in the hunt, still in it, still in the playoffs, if you, if you win a race, you know, you're in it. You have a chance to win. So, you know, that's going to give you, uh, you know, occasionally you're going to get a guy winning the championship who quite frankly, doesn't deserve it. You know, that, that's, that's the thing that, that, you know, but that happens in all sports, you know, and particularly true, true. In, 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 you know, like baseball where you get, I mean, how often you see wild card teams go to the world series. It happens frequently, you know? So, you know, you're going to get that in racing. Uh, more often than not, though, if you look at who has won the championship, you know, ultimately the winner of the championship has been a driver who has been in that top, you know, contending zone mm-hmm. all season long. In, in the final analysis, you know, the, the wheat, you can separate the wheat and the chafe. You know, you really can. And oh, for sure. um, you're going to get a, a legitimate champion. You know, uh, uh, the the... The stage racing, you know, I could take it or leave it. You know, I, I understand why people don't like it, but I also, you know, the truth of the matter is, is it, it, it breaks things up. You know, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of how many points you can get. You know, it, I, I, I would rather they wait the points to, to be, 
you know, finishing positions would to, to be more important. You know, I don't think you should be able to finish in 15th place, you know, and, and walk out of there with more points than all but two or three guys, you know, which is very easy to do. You, you know, finish first or second, in the first two stages, and, you know, you crash out in the third stage or, you know, finish 20th, you know, you're still going to get, you know, more points than almost everybody. So, you know, I, yeah, I, think, I, I would, I would, I would wait the points to, to make, you know, finishing position be more important. But other than that, you know, it, it's, it's a built-in bathroom break, man. Oh, sure. I, like I, that. I, I was resistant at first, you know, maybe because I wasn't paying attention because there's, you know, this is always going on a lot, you know, when the other sports I actually get more passionate about. And so it's hard. And I'd sit there and, you know, and I'm like, why are people complaining about, you know, as you said, it's, it's a quick interlude, but it's not really disruptive to the actual flow of the race. At least that's the way I'm seeing it. Well, you know, and, and it also, I mean, and look at every other sport, you know, you, you have a chance to kind of reset, mm-hmm. you know, you, especially in football, you can go in the halftime, you can reset um, and make adjustments and things like that. And in a in a stock car race, in a in a race where you're going around an oval or, or a tri oval or whatever you know, shape you <laughs> want to call it, um, you know, for 200, 300, 400 laps, you know, if 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 you you know you're gonna get you know three or four guys who are who who hit who get it right, you know, their teams have gotten it right, they're gonna separate themselves out. So the stage is kind of you know sort of gets everybody a chance to reset a little bit. And quite frankly, makes the races a little more competitive and interesting. So you know, I I, I hated the I, I hated it at first. I hated it at first. You know, I just thought it was the dumbest thing. But you know, I I could still take it or leave it. But you know, I'm, it, it's not they're not going anywhere either. It's like the chase. It's not they're not changing it. So you know, it doesn't do me any good to gripe about it. So so let me let me circle back. You know, you kind of like touched on this when we. You know, we're talking about the clash and the sports popularity and all that good stuff. But what do you think the circuit should do besides some of the things you've mentioned to reignite interest in the cup? Because, you know, obviously, you know, for example, as I think we've talked about before, with the younger generation, you know, MLS's proliferation in the South where you've got teams in Nashville and Atlanta and Florida appealing to a younger demographic in terms of, and I think that's where a, a lot of the folks that may have grown up NASCAR fans probably have have gone to but what do you think um the circuit can should do to like reignite interest in the sport i think that that and it really goes for other forms of, of motorsport as well companion events um okay. i know that one of the things that attracted me to to the, the races that i've gone to in in, in open wheel when i looked at when i look at where i want to spend my money at and, and how i'm going to get value out of it you know, I want to go see some racing, you know, and if you have a three day event, like you look at Long Beach, the Long Beach Grand Prix for IndyCar, you know, they've got five or six different series racing there, you know, and, and granted, they're not, you know, all top of the line, you know, they're not the, the, the you know, they, but they have historics. They, they've got uh, IMSA, uh, uh, the, not the, uh, not the top class racing there, but the, um, uh, this, this, the tin tops, as you call them, race there. They, they've got, uh, you know, a couple other series. They've got a drifting competition, um, the, the events, you know, you do uh-huh. events. Uh, ancillary activities, you know, like um, uh, uh, things that go, you know, out, out in the parking lot, you know, things that draw the fans in, in, in under the grandstands, not just, you know, 
a souvenir truck isn't gonna you know interest anybody, but you get you know you make it an event. You you have uh, ancillary activities that go along with it. Uh, Andy Carr for their doubleheader in in Iowa. They have a concert. They they had um, you know Very country. Cool. They had uh, pop. They had you know they yeah. had two different artists running uh, each night, and it went along with the ticket. You know. You got to have more than, you know, if you want to catch the, the, the casual viewer, the casual consumer, you know, in, in, in today in the United States of America, you got to do more than just have a race on Sunday and have a put up a billboard here or there and expect people to show up. You know, we you, talked about, have, it's going to be an event and, where yeah, yeah, it's cool to yeah. make an IG post. Hey, I'm chilling with my bros and my homegirls, you know, in Iowa. Yeah. yeah, I get that. So let me ask you this. Okay. You know, we're kind of like moving in this linear direction here. So aside from, you know, reigniting interest in the cup, I'm really fascinated by this. The playoffs itself and how it's not really moving the needle in terms of finding a niche in a very crowded sports marketplace. And I mean, I've got my theories to, as to, as to, to, to how that is and what can be done about it, but I'm curious to hear what you have to say about that. That's a tough one. Um, it's, if, if I had a really good answer for that, they'd probably be, I'd probably be calling NASCAR and asking for it. <laughs> nice. but, 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 uh, but the, the way, as it stands now, um, they have, they have put a premium in the playoffs and in the, and in the regular season as well, the so-called regular season as well, but particularly in the playoffs. Um, I mean, you can win in the regular season and you're not really actually guaranteed of anything. Uh, if there is enough, if there's six more than 16 winners, but, um, all that does that that could, that gets you in though. I mean, you, but what it what happens in those races leading up to the final race is it, it becomes a poop show at times because people just drive through and drive over people to you know advance their position. You know, because it's you get that win, that win is is critical. And and this is this is the rub right here. It's a really good question you asked because this is the rub. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what people want? Yeah. Don't they want that desperation to, you know, you, you anything for the win, make winning count, make winning important. And it is, it's important. Uh, and now that, it, and, and now that it's like that, here you go, race fan complain because, well, they're just wrecking each other. <laughs> well, that's what you asked for. I mean, you know, so I, I, you know, I don't know what the deal is on, on the, on the playoffs. I, I, if you're going to have a playoff system, you're, you, you have to come up with a situation where you reward winning, which they do, and you reward consistency, which they do. Uh, the, the one, the, the couple solutions that I've seen that I kind of like that, that I kind of like the notion of each race, you drop a driver, you know, I like that concept. And, you know, until you, maybe you get down to the last, uh, four races and then it's a, then it's a, a, a four race, you know, sort of a, a mini series between the five, you know, between the four guys left standing. Um, the, but racing is so much different than the stick and ball sports in that it, it always has been and, and still to some extent should be about overall uh, consistency and excellence. And, you know, you see a guy who is just clearly the best driver all season long, 
and you know he dumps out in the second round you know and, and because he's he has one mechanical failure you know gets caught up in one other guy's wreck and his season his championship quest is done you know and and, and but that's the nature of sport you know i mean so so if they're going to if there's a fix to be had you know they could they could try the eliminated driver that's that's one thing other than that, you know, there, there's going to be people that are happy with it and there's going to be people that are unhappy with it. And the, the one, the one thing that I would really hope that NASCAR does is to not do anything just for the sake of changing stuff, you know, okay. because the, the one thing we, we talked about the, the clash, you know, every year and the all-star, this, the all-star race. I mean, they they made a mockery of the all-star race because the whole concept of the race changes every single year. You know, you, you, you know, the thing about the NFL, you know, that, you know, the, the, the two best teams, the two conference championship teams are going to meet in the Super Bowl. I mean, there's certain things, you know, I mean, they're the, but if the NASCAR is constantly changing its postseason process over and over and over again, that would be the worst thing they can do. So they, they, they've hit on a system right now, 10 race system where they've got three, three and three to get to the final four. Um, if you're going to make a change, you know, make your change, but stick with it. Give it some time. Give it a while. Well, let me ask you this. Um, you know, one of the things that, that that's kind of struck me and this is for a lot of sports, you know, I, I think it's in the crowded sports marketplace. What do you, I mean, some people have said, you know, is there, would it be possible to start the season earlier, like even in December, and, you know, focus on the warm weather areas, and so the seat, so the playoffs would be before the NFL and college football start, because you know, those have become such behemoths. It just seems like everything else gets buried among that, you know, right in terms of eyeballs, right, attracting the hearts and minds, all that sort of thing. Well, they run nine months as it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, so if they started earlier, then they're up against the NFL playoffs. You know? okay. And I think that then, then, then I think that's a, that's a lose, lose. Um, Possibly. I, you know, you, you, you talked about warm weather places. Yeah. I guess you could race in Phoenix and you know, you could, you know, Florida doesn't always have the, the greatest weather in the world in December and stuff. I, I, and this is a, this is, purely a personal um, thing of mine, but I don't like series that jump calendar years. You know, you, I, well, I'm the 2024, 25, you know, X series champion or whatever, you know, it, it, I, there's only, there's been very few series that done that formula E did that. Um, there was one other series back several decades ago that did that. Um, I don't like starting in December. I like starting, you know, if you're, if you're going to keep it, keep it a calendar year, um, that's purely a personal thing. That yeah, really no, has no bearing on just, anything. I'm but, just curious, it's just because it, it's 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 pretty but, clear in terms of moving the needle for the playoffs. It is going to or it's an uphill battle, especially how big the NFL and college football are getting that only, time of year. I, I would rather see them. You know, you, you got a very good point, but my, the way I would go about it, I would go about it from the other side. I I shorten the season. I was going to say that you know, too. 30, 30, and, and that's tough to do because again, it's all about money and sponsors and advertisers and, and, you know, networks and their money is based upon, 
you know, X amount of events. So shortening the season, it, it's you don't see seasons get shorter. You see them get longer. Uh, but, you know, shorten it up, you know, and, and finish in October, you know, before the NFL. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't pay the slightest bit of attention to the NFL until December anyway, you know, okay. and, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm rare, you know, because the NFL is, it's the behemoth, but, you know, uh, I think that, that, that if NASCAR was to have a playoff that was, was going up against, you know, early to mid season NFL events, uh, they would do better, you know, in, in keep keeping attention because they do start the playoffs, you know, relatively early, but you know, they, it, it goes on, you know, if you add in a off week or two that they have or a one off right. week, and you, and you um, you know, it, it, it goes on for, you know, two and a half months. Yeah. So by the time they get to the end, you know, like you said, the NFL and, and college football seasons are, 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 yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're smoking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, totally. You know, get it done early, get it done in October and, you know, early to mid October at the latest and, and, you know, give them two or three months, give them three months off, you know, as it is right now, they have, you know, they have what from mid November to, you know, early February. So they have about three months, give it an extra month off. You know, I, I don't, I, I think you know much any shorter than that you have you 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 have you face what IndyCar faces, which is that six month off season where you know fans just you know pulling out their hair because you know there's no no IndyCar racing, but you know maybe shorten it by three or four races and 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 I think that would and do it at the end of the season that would be the best way to go about it. All right, then we're going to take a short break, split things up a little bit here. Really rocking it here on the foxholes. Always a wonderful time talking to the corner man. Um, yeah, we'll be back shortly, but more on NASCAR. Right then, welcome back to Fox Trading on the Foxhole, the scene, episode three of season two. Your faithful host Ken Harlan here, doing a deep dive on motorsports with the Corner Man. Something we try to get in every year or whenever we can. Fantastic stuff. Be sure to check out the other podcast that's dropping this week, and also the previous episode of the scene with Jana Goldblum Brody, author of Sit Behind the Nets. All wonderful things. Anyhow, we're going to slide back into our conversation with the corner man momentarily. Okay, I like that. So, before I ask you about the season, this just popped in the back of my head for some reason. Is it true that, you know, because I know that they are experimenting, you know, obviously with going electric, that the electric prototypes or whatever you want to call them are like running about a, only a couple of tenths off of the actual cup cars that are, that are in competition right now? I don't think that's the case. Okay, um, that's where I kind of read that, I, but I wasn't... And, and I, don't, I don't think... But the deal is, is that NASCAR is not going um, electric anytime soon. Okay. You know, that, that that's... 
I, I'm, I want to be I want to be politically correct here, but you know I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not a dinosaur. Hey, we keep it real but, here, man. But, but, but like yeah, but like uh, hundreds of millions of people, I like my cars running on dinosaur juice. I, I'm, I'm 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 not. I, I sincerely just I do not believe that NASCAR is going to abandon the internal combustion engine. Anytime okay. soon, okay. and the truth of the matter is, is you look at the uh, particularly the electric car market, it's waning. Okay, you know it is not increasing. It it, it is starting the the, the the that wave is cresting. You oh, know, people are starting to realize that you know they're ridiculously expensive. They're extremely inefficient if you want to go anywhere, especially when it's cold. You know, they have to stop and charge those things up. It, it, it is not the, the 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 infrastructure to support the mass production and mass use of electric vehicles isn't there. It, it, that, that's just the truth. I mean, if you have a state like California where we have 40 million people, you just can't expect that, you know, 38 million of us are going to be in electric cars. There's, there's not the electrical capacity to, you know, there's not the capacity to produce that electricity. I mean, you know, you want to lower everybody's standard of living down to get everybody in electric cars Plus, you know, the, the, the disastrous effect of, of mining to get the, what's needed to, to make an electric car battery, the people are starting to see the hypocrisy of it, you know, that, oh, well, we want to have this, you know, great thing for the environment. Well, guess what? You know, on one hand, you're using a less, you know, you're, you're, you're using less fossil fuels, but on the other hand, you're, you're taking up all this crud out of the ground, and, you know, that, that's not helping much either so again i'm trying to stay politically electric car market is is it's not the it is not strong enough to demand that nascar abandon uh the internal combustion engine i just it's i just do not see that happening okay I won't say I won't say ever because who knows what kind of great technology might come come down the line ten years from now. But you know, if what we what we are looking at right now is the alternative, then the alternative won't be uh, taking place of the internal combustion engine. That's for sure. Okay, very insightful as far as that <laughs> that goes. Um, okay, let's get to the twenty twenty three season. Um, or 2024 season, I should say. I was looking at it, but, okay, obviously, we talked about Mr. Blaney, the, the, the reigning champion. And I, you know, I, I felt last year kind of fascinating, just, you know, that, you know, I don't want to say parody because I, I don't like to put that, you know, I can put that in other sports so in this sport, but just in terms of the cycle of different drivers that I saw in the winner's circle, which I think is kind of cool in terms of what the sports is doing to get, you know, new faces out there. It, they may not be household names, but as far as racing aficionados go, what are you seeing in this 2024 season? Well, you know, you're going to hear, you're going to hear a lot about Kyle Larson doing the double, the Indy 500 mm -hmm. Coke 600 double. Granted, that's one weekend out of the year, but they're going to absolutely market that thing into the ground. They've already uh, created a, a, a rule for the Coke 600, um, which people, as it, as time approaches, people are going to complain bitterly about Hendrick getting, you know, yet another gift from NASCAR. 
It used to be one of the things that, you know, if you ran the uh, Indy 500 and tried to do the Coke 600, you never got to the track on time to make the uh, driver's meeting, which is an automatic start from the back. Well, they eliminated that this year. So Kyle Larson can run the Indy 500 and then get to the uh, Coke 600 right before it starts and then take whatever starting position that he qualified for. But that that's, that's one thing you're going to hear a lot of. As far as on the track, I, I'm, I hate to say this, man. I just, it, it, it burns every bit of my core to, to, to say this, but I just kind of just get the feeling this is the year Danny Hamlin's finally going to get over the hump and win that championship. I just, I kind of, you know, he, he's been, he's been very good for a very long time. You know, he's, he's the, if not the winningest, but the second winningest all time driver without a championship. Um, crazy. In, in in NASCAR, yeah, in the Cup Series, mm-hmm. um, um, I just you know he looks he looks strong. He looks strong at the at the at the, at the All Star at the uh, Clash again. That's that doesn't really, you know, yeah, that's but, not something you can you can. But but he but he's over Robert but, yeah, but but he's you know and, and he's 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 got it's all set up for him he's he's got himself to become you know the biggest villain in the sport and Gee, and you know, he's, exactly he gets booed at his own home track now i mean <laughs> he, which kill you know, cracks me up. You know, the, the, the 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 truth of the matter is 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 he's you know really hated and i i, I don't know i just think all the elements are there he's his team, you know, his twenty three eleven team is is on the upswing. You know, I, I expect strong. I expect that team to be strong. You know, I, the the Toyota camp is the smallest of the manufacturers. They're strong. You know, uh, Gibbs, the Gibbs team is strong. I think you're. I think you're going to see Ty Gibbs uh, uh, may hit victory lane this year for the Gibbs team. And I think for twenty three XI, I think you're going to see Bubba Wallace win. And I think you'll see Tyler Reddick win as well. I think, you know, maybe multiple wins for both of those guys. So, um, you know, I expect Hamlin's going to win three or four races again this year. And and I, I just kind of get the sense that, that this is the year things are going to line up for him. And he's, he's finally going to fail to choke down the stretch and uh, um, win the championship. You know, what I thought was interesting, I was just reading, you know, in, in preparation for you know, getting my data points in line. I saw some pretty uh, incendiary comments from from uh, Art Man T. Stu, basically saying that he's tired of taking all the blame for that team not making a bigger impact. But what do you know about that? Well, that's a that's a as far as teams are concerned. That, to me, that's the biggest uh, uh, thing to watch this year is the Stuart Haas team. Um, it, it, they are coming up on the last year of their deal with with Ford. Um, which was kind of surprising that they went with Ford in the first place because Stewart was long and General Motors guy. Um, they only have um, four wins in the last four years, and their driver lineup this year has a total of one cup win between them. Oh my. Um, they've, they've got two new guys this year. Um, um, Eric Almirola is retired and has been replaced by Noah Gregson. Um, Kevin Harvick, of course, retired and has been replaced by Josh Berry. Okay. Uh, then you've got Ryan Priest and, and Chase Briscoe, who has the only victory um, for the team. So um, the the thought is is that team will contract after and after this current season. That the, the 
feeling is that perhaps for 2025, they will shrink down to uh, three teams. And right now, the thing about that, though, is kind of up in the air because the whole charter system, that's the other kind of big thing, off-track thing. Um, the charter agreement ends after this year. We're the 35 charters and basically the, 30, the guaranteed starters for each race. Um, and the truth of the matter is, is the owners want a bigger piece of the pie and negotiations have not been going well. Um, NASCAR hasn't wanted to give up their, the piece of, of the pie. Not. So, so um, you know, at, and at, at this point, it, it is far too soon to have any kind of speculation about what the charter situation is going to look like. And what that does is for teams who are in the market for charters, either to buy or to sell, that kind of puts them on hold a little bit. So it, it, they're, they're kind of, they're kind of in a holding pattern, but I, I would expect that um, Stuart Haas will make wholesale changes after this year. If they are not successful, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them switch manufacturers. I would not be surprised to see them contract. And I would not be surprised to see um, at least uh you know, well, of course, they'd lose one of those four drivers if they did contract, but at least one of the other three not be back. So um, Josh Berry's a real deal. Um, I don't think he's a superstar caliber driver, but he's certainly a guy who's capable of being very competitive. Chase Briscoe is a good young driver. He certainly can be competitive. Um, Ryan Priest is is a, um, a stroker. He, he basically, he's a, you know, he's a, a mid-pack guy at best. Uh, I think... Uh, Really interested in Gregson. I mean, you know, he's he's a flashpoint. He's caused a lot of controversy. Uh, drove really hard in the Xfinity Series. Made a lot of enemies. Won a lot of races. You know, um, whether he has the the talent to uh, be a consistent uh, front runner in Cup remains to be seen. I, I you know I think he has the potential to be a, a top fifteen, top ten type of guy. So um, maybe you know, but things will have to work. The, the the so Stuart Haas team, it, it's it's really it's on them this year. That's that's the big team story on track this year. Well, let me ask you this. So, how about some of the long term stalwarts? Let's say like uh, Kyle Busch or Joey Logano. I mean, how do you feel about those guys? Well, you know, funny about Kyle Busch is is you know we talked about Denny Hamlin being the most hated guy in, in you know for for year after year it was Kyle Busch and True. you know and and, and people. You know, after 2001, Dale Earnhardt became everybody's hero. You know, everybody loved Dale Earnhardt after he passed away. Um, conveniently forgetting that he wasn't the most popular guy out there. You know, good to be the intimidator by my head that got caught in candy. Yeah, he he had a lot of people that didn't like him. So, you know, and and Kyle Busch, you know, it's he was he was disliked. And let's be honest, I mean, the guy would go out and the crowd would be booing him. So, you know, he'd do the crying face at him. I mean, you know, he asked for it. He he kind of played it up a little bit. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, is he's the best driver of this generation. And, you know, um, he, you know, he's won what a hundred Xfinity races. He's won, you know, twice as many truck races as anybody else has. And he's a top 10 all time cup series winner. And he's gotten two, two championships. Although I still claim that his first one was illegitimate when he missed a third of the season, but, <laughs> the, but you know, the, the, and now, you know, now that he left Toyota and left Gibbs Racing and, and, and Toyota's still kind of the dark night in the NASCAR world, people see them as, you know, 
the, the Japanese foreign interloper when they're really more of an American made car than the other ones are. But, you know, people don't like the Gibbs team and people don't like Toyota. So, and people hated Kyle Busch. It was a, it was a match made in, in not heaven. So, but now he's with, with, uh, with, with, um, Richard, Richard Childress racing, you know, what did he do last year? He went out and he won a bunch of races and won and won early and he was competitive and, you know, he kind of had some um, some mishaps down the stretch and, and, and wasn't contending for the championship at the end. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, is he's the best driver of this generation. And he's in a, in a competitive car. And as you put Kyle Busch in a competitive car, uh, he has a chance to win. And he has a chance to win the championship. I would never count him out. Oh, no, neither um, would I. And, 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 the, and, and, this, and the, the, the most interesting thing about it all is how the sentiment – I mean, I'm not going to say it's all warm and rosy and people, everybody loves him, but it is definitely the, the sentiment against him is, is that that has shifted quite a bit. Uh, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> I can't and, and, and Joey Logano, uh, again, he, he's, he's, he's up there with Kyle Busch um, as amongst the top couple drivers uh, of, of this era. He, he's an excellent driver. He's a two-time champion. Um, Penske Racing will be competitive. Um, like, you know, we, we saw Blaney win the championship sort of, I, I won't call it a fluke because he's, he's definitely, you know, one of the top, one of the better drivers out there. But, um, I, I do believe you're going to see Logano and, and Kyle Busch be competitive this year. And you'll see, um, uh, it could be a year where Martin Truex Jr. Bounces back. Um, he's back for one more year. It could well be his last year. Um, he, he's he's someone I would keep an eye on, and there will be a driver or two that we don't think about, and you know, like how Ross Chastain popped up a couple oh, of years ago. Um, I, I think Tyler Reddick is a guy who who has a, a, a possibility of surprising people and, and oh, challenging Bowman. for a championship, and I think the window is closing on Alex Bowman. Okay. Um, you know, he's number four on a four man team. And, you know, that's, it's, it's tough to, uh, um, you know, I'm sure that, that, that Hendrick Motorsports tries to give each one of their four guys, you know, uh, the, uh, the best opportunity they can, but I think the best guys are with the best guys. And I just think, you know, that Kyle Larson and, and particularly Chase Elliott, I'm a Larson guy. I yeah, mean, Kyle Larson, I, I think is, you know, he, he's, 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 he is a win waiting to happen any any track he goes to but uh um you know and chase elliott's a good driver i know i i kind of i i get how there it's either very hot or very cold with chase elliott and you've got a guy who's the most popular driver who chase elliott wins the, the most popular driver award every year you know you're you're either going to love him or you're going to hate him there's not going to be a lot of of you know, middle ground on him. You know, if, if you're not loving him, you're looking at him going, why does everybody love this guy? You know, I hate <laughs> this guy. You know, so, uh, uh, I Bowman, there's nothing wrong with Bowman. Bowman's proven that he can win. Um, I just don't think he's championship caliber. Okay. Okay. Um, so before we round this segment out and, and hop, hop to the closing segment, um, have you watched the Netflix series and is it any good? No, I haven't. Okay, um, okay. I, 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 I try and stay away from sports entertainment. And I guess is the best way of putting it. I'm, I'm, I, I, I watch the sport. 
Um, I, I, I don't, I, I don't have anything against the, the shows, the drive to survive the NASCAR series, uh, any, any series that wants to put on, you know, IndyCar is going to come back with their hundred days to Indy. Um, those shows though, they are geared, you know, th- that's the wide net. I'll call it a wide net. It's a wide net effort. It's, you know, cast that net out there and see how many fish you can draw in hey, and I, I you know, increase you, right? your catch. And, and there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there, there's a place for that. It's just that, you know, I, I'm, I, 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 I got caught in the net several decades ago. They don't need to read. Oh, no, no. For example, you know, how everybody loves hard knocks. I can tell you, I've never watched a single episode. It's been Me going either. for like I've 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't. I, I share the same sentiment as far as that goes. All right. Well, let's take a quick break here, and we'll and we'll close this out. And talk some IndyCar series and anything else we should know about motorsports. All right, then, rocking and rolling with the Kerner man, Fox Trading on the Fox Hole, the senior faithful host Kit Harlan here. Interesting side note: you saw something today that many feel the slight surge in popularity that NASCAR is experiencing can be attributed to the Netflix series. I just saw that today. thought that was interesting. I'll have to do a follow-up question with the corner man as far as that one goes. Maybe that'll inspire us to watch it. Anyhow, we'll be back on the other side for the final segment. Trotting in the foxhole, the scene, season two, episode three, featuring an interview with the corner man doing a deep dive in the world of motorsports. It's been a great conversation, so we'll round you out with a little bit more. Don't forget to check out the latest episode of Fox Trotting in the Foxhole, which I'll be recording after this. It'll all probably drop either late Friday night or early Saturday for your sports spectacular weekend. Okay, let's get this rolling. All right, we're back at you with the corner man, and now let's do a quick dive, or not quick, whatever the case may be, but let's talk some IndyCar series. And one of the things that has fascinated me ever since we had our first chat a couple of years ago about this, which made me start paying attention again, is that that series has made quite a resurgence since we last spoke, in my opinion, and I want to know if you agree, and if so, what do you think is driving you know, this uptick? Well, the corpse is breathing again. First of all, <laughs> you know they 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 were dead. That series, you know, um, just did the, the IndyCar racing was uh, more popular than NASCAR racing when you and I were uh, young adults. I mean, that's just the truth. And, you know, and and you you go back and you look at the old YouTube videos of of the old races and. The, the stands were packed, you know, and, and then the split happened and, and that just, that really killed the sport. And even after the reunification, um, or, or more, more accurately, the, the champ car cart series slash champ car series going away. Um, it took a good 10, 12 years for them to, to really start picking it up. 
Um, what has happened to, to get that resurgence? Um, good product. That first and foremost, the good product, the, the, the Indy, Indy car racing and, you know, Yes, I know. They're using the same car they had in 2012. They're, they're, they're running the same chassis. They're, they're, they haven't updated. They've been working on getting that done, and it hasn't happened. But the truth of the matter is, is the IndyCar Indy racing is great racing. Absolutely. Uh, they, they go on, on road courses. They run you know, many multiple events on, on, on natural terrain road courses and some of the most iconic courses, you know, Road America, mm-hmm. Laguna Seca, and they have great street events. Long Beach is the second biggest event on the IndyCar circuit. They've been going there over 40 years. That is, that was the greatest time I've ever had at a race. I with Long Beach, that, that, that was, it was, it was awesome. And, um, they, they have, and, and they're back actually, as of today, they're back up to seven uh, oval races this year and because uh, Nashville has announced that they are um, unable to make the downtown street course work this year with the uh, construction going on from around the new Titan Stadium and I so they're going that. to be moving the race uh, about 30 miles out to the old Nashville Super Speedway uh, one and a third mile track where they used to run um, it's been about 15 years since they've been there so they they, they it's a diverse with with um, tremendous talent from throughout the world, uh, many good American drivers. Uh, it's just a good product, and they aren't exploding in popularity, but they are doing. They are. They have incrementally picked it up year over year for the last four or five years. And what makes it seem like you know a bigger growth than maybe it really is is the fact that they've been doing this at a time when NASCAR was incrementally stepping back a little bit. There's still far more fans wa- watching NASCAR uh, than, than IndyCar. And, um, but IndyCar has maintained a slow, steady growth. They've had a good television partner uh, in NBC. Um, they have made themselves an attractive commercial product to the extent that they're, they're the Fox network, uh, Fox Sports is looking at... Um, joining the fray to get in on uh, uh, the network contract for next year when the contract NBC's contract runs out after this year. So um, Fox sports is looking into it. Uh, They, they've been, they haven't made a big uh, explosion into the streaming, but all of their, all of their races are available on Peacock um, and all of the practice sessions. That's been several years now where they've had, um, you know, uh, the, what do you call it? The non-terrestrial uh, viewing capacity. Um, they, the only thing about IndyCar that they they they're they're working really hard to try and expand um, the the demographic uh, because the demographic is a 50 plus year old white guy, which is perfect for me because I'm a 50 plus year old white guy. But they 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 need their they need to get younger in their demographic. They're they're you know they they're incrementally trying to do that. Um, I have some, some, some beefs with, with how, uh, the new management under Roger Penske's handling some things, but, sure. um, you know, overall, you know, the, the, the trend for IndyCar, uh, is definitely positive. So, um, 
And plus, it's my favorite sport, favorite of the, all the motorsports. So, of course, I'm going to talk good about it. <laughs> well, let me ask you this real quick. You know, you're kind of talking about, uh, you know, using the same car since 2012. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but are, are they they're introducing like a, a hybrid powertrain midseason? They are, and, and and that's that's another thing. They, the 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 new chassis has been delayed. Uh, the new powertrain was delayed, um, multiple times actually delayed. And, and it's the lack of, of the, you know, being able to stick with the plan that in all likelihood cost them Toyota because they're they, the one thing that would really, really benefit IndyCar is to get a third um, OEM, a third uh, engine manufacturer, third manufacturer. And, and right now they've got good partners in Chevy and Honda, um, Honda's made noises about it not being happy with the return on investment. Uh, what would really make it a lot better for these guys is if they, you know, could, could split the pot a little more, so to speak, um, you know, drive a little bit of the competition and, you know, a little bit of the innovation uh, amongst more manufacturers. They lost that by delaying, you know, the, the, the rollout of the new chassis and the new uh, powertrain this year, they're going to do that. And, and they're, Again, this is it's kind of a head scratching thing, but they're going to do it mid season, um, in, you know, after the Indy 500, and it, it will provide for you know um, extra horsepower. You know, when when they when they uh, when those uh, uh, I don't even the, the energy recovery systems. You know, basically when they get charged up, when they recharge it as they're going through and harvesting the energy, you know, they're going to get good horsepower boosts that they can use. Um, you know, it'll, it'll go faster, be more competitive. Um, on the other hand, who knows how it's going to work? Uh, I mean, who, who knows who's going to, who's going to, it's, it's like every time formula one changes the formula that one, there's that one team that gets it right, you know, and then for five or six years, that team wins everything. And, you know, coming in on the middle of the season, there's, you know, there could be a, a car or a driver or a team that that's doing well. And then they, they get in with this new um, energy recovery system and they're, you know, they don't hit it quite right. Things could go really topsy turvy uh, <laughs> come early <laughs> July when they, when, when they start, you know, when they bring this thing in. So, you know, I wouldn't, unless somebody wins, you know, eight or nine races out of the first 10 or 11 races uh, before they bring in the new um, systems, uh, I, I wouldn't, you know, feel too confident about, uh who's going to be the champion and who's not, because who knows what will happen. Okay. The only thing I, I, I would say that, that I do, you know, the rich get richer. So I, it wouldn't surprise me to see, you know, Penske and Ganassi uh, being the best at integrating this new technology. But, you know, who knows? Maybe it will be Arrow McLaren, or they don't call him Arrow McLaren anymore. I guess they call no, they call him Arrow McLaren. They don't call him Smith Peterson, Arrow McLaren. But uh, the McLaren team, basically. Um, with Pato Award leading the way, and along with Alex Rossi, they they um, you know they have an international footprint. They've been using you know um, energy recovery systems with their Formula One team. Maybe some of that you know that expertise will come across the pond with their um, effort here stateside, and maybe they'll be the team that that you know um, uh, is able to master the new system. So it, it's it's really actually it, it's. It's made the season a total and complete crapshoot. It's going to be a tale of two seasons, really. Interesting, because I was going to bring up and kind of one of the conversations always kind of segueing right into the next point. 
that my man, Mr. Alex P, has won two of the last three championships. And I know there's been talk of him taking his talents elsewhere. But do you see him repeating? Or do you, you kind of alluded to people who may be rising to overtake him. Well, unless um, Ganassi whiffs on, on the energy recovery system, yeah, I absolutely see him as a threat to win the championship. Um, personally, I think he's the best driver out there. Um, I think he's, a, I think he's a formula one, uh, capable, you know, caliber talent. Uh, I don't think he'll, I won't say ever, but he's really shot himself in the foot with the way he's managed his career and oh, mismanaged so. his career. And, uh, well, you know, he signed a contract to, to leave Ganassi and, and jo- join McLaren when he was still under contract to Ganassi. And then, um, he, decided he wasn't going to honor the contract that he signed with McLaren and to go back to stay with Ganassi. So, you know, he had litigation against him, you know, by Ganassi. And then now he's got litigation against him by, by McLaren and McLaren's not going to go away on this. They're there. They've got a multi, I believe it's something somewhere in the vicinity of $23 million lawsuit against him. And if if he indeed had a valid contract and he reneges on it, he, he may have to, he probably won't have to pay that much money, but that's real money. You know, he's going to have to, to, to pony up, not to mention, you know, the damage he's done to his, you know, potential future moves. You know, these, these race car drivers aren't sticking ball athletes in that, you know, when their contract runs out, they just go sign another contract somewhere. Every driver is different. Some, you know, some drivers bring with them, you know, money, mm-hmm. basically, basically buying their seat, basically, or whether it be their own family money, whether it be they bring with them sponsorship, um, you know, probably half the field in the IndyCar field at least brings something with them, at least, if not more than half the field. Um, there aren't a lot of, of pay driver, you know, get, you know, um, drivers who, who are there getting paid exclusively. You know, Team Penske's one where, you know, they don't take pay drivers. They pay their drivers, you know, but um, that's not entirely common. So it, it's a, my point being, it's a very complicated uh, paradigm with the driver market. You know, you don't just, you know, run out of your contract and, and go sign a contract to someone else is going to pay you because um, the, 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 the costs to race aren't always borne by the teams. You know, they're borne by, in fact, they're really never borne by the teams the owners aren't doing this out of pocket. They're doing it. They've got sponsors. They've got partners. They, you know, there are business to business agreements and things like that. And you know, so drivers, you know, have different, you know, levels of of sponsorship. They have different, you know, things as simple as you know, uh, merchandising and things like that. You know, whether you know how much of a percentage of the merchandise you're going to get versus how much the team gets to get. So, so many different factors work into it. It's a very complicated thing. The one thing you can't have is a guy's going to flake on you, you know, and it, Polo has flaked twice now. You know, he's flaked on Ganassi by going to by, by agreeing to go to McLaren, and then he reneged on this agreement with McLaren to stay with Ganassi, which, you know, in, in the interim was probably a good move in terms of on the track because Ganassi is, you know, a better team than McLaren. You know, who knows how that'll be in two or three years, but for right now, you'll probably have better success on the tracks than with Ganassi. But what that really hurts down the line is, is what happens when, you know, 
the next best thing comes along and he has an opportunity to go somewhere. Those people aren't going to want to do business with him. You know, all those partners aren't going to want to get involved with him. You know, that he, he probably, I, I will be very surprised if he ever makes it to formula one now, which is his ultimate goal. And he clearly, in, in my opinion, anyway, has the, has the talent to do so. But, you know, you, you, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And, and he's done it twice now. And it's very confounding because he comes off as, you know, a really nice guy and, you know, really friendly and, and, you know, very TV friendly. And, you know, he's just really shot himself in the foot. But, you know, is when you strap him behind the wheel of the race car, you know, he's the best one out there. Okay. Um, you know, I think it's fascinating because obviously, you know, I'm a, you know, I've got a social media presence all over the place or try to, <laughs> I don't try to, it mm-hmm. just happens. And, you know, one of the people that's, I, that I follow on Instagram is our buddy, Miss <laughs> Danica. It makes me wonder, is there, have they given up on trying to get a, a, a female face or are they just friends drivers on this circuit and, and the other, in NASCAR, for example, or Xfinity? Oh, they haven't given up. Um, you know, Haley Deegan is moving up to Xfinity next year from the truck series where okay. she spent uh, three very unspectacular uh, seasons mm-hmm. running in, in the truck series, running down basically 20th or so, or about where she finished each year. Um, actually did better in, in, in limited starts in the Xfinity series. Um, you know, some people, it, it, it's true to some extent that, you know, with, that driving a race truck is very different than driving the, the, the cars and, and some people's driving styles are better suited for the cars. And they say that maybe she's better suited for the cars. So who knows, you know, she might finish, you know, 18th this year. <laughs> I don't know, but, uh, uh, there, there are, there are efforts, you know, to get females involved in, uh, in the car as well. Jamie Chadwick is coming back for her second year in the, uh, Indy next or the former Indy light series running for Andretti. Uh, she was the three-time and, and only winner of the um, the the late W series uh, for women drivers. Uh, there are um, you know there are drivers down in in the levels that we aren't going to see on TV um, in the feeder series, the low feeder series. There are a handful of women drivers. Uh, Catherine Leg is who who used to drive in the, in the Champ Car series, Kart series, and drives. Uh, in IMSA, um, she um, was in the Indy 500 last year. It probably the way that things are shaping up won't be in this year. It's a possibility, uh, but um, she's still looking to to run in the 500 at least. Uh, but in terms of a full-time, full-season um, Indy car or Cup Series dr- uh, driver, as a female, we're still at least two or th- at least two or three years away, and. Okay. Um, I think probably your best bet would be Jamie Chadwick, but I, I don't quite, you know, well, she, she'll have to improve on her performance from last year in order to attract enough attention and commercial partnership to be able to step up to Indy. Oh, interesting. Okay. See, I mean, I don't like that, that. I just, I was thinking about that goal cause I didn't have that in my outline all of a sudden. Oh yeah. I need to ask him about that. Um, Okay, as we kind of wrap this thing up, um, anything else we should know outside of the main three circuits in terms of, you know, folks that like motorsports or might have a penchant to, like, get outside their comfort zone? 
And if you, just, you brought up Ibisa, you brought up the Xfinity series, truck series. Well, the, the IMSA sports car series is actually, you know, you want to look at a series in the, in the United States that is growing. It's IMSA. Um, okay. They had uh, their um, the biggest attendance at the uh, Rolex 24 uh, hours of Daytona race in late January that they've ever had. Um, they have uh, multiple manufacturers uh, in, in all across all of their classes. Uh, their new um prototype class that they started uh, the new uh, new configuration last year uh, they they are you know it's just it's, it's great racing you know and you look at the the Rolex 24 you know two-thirds of the IndyCar field was was running at one level or another many NASCAR drivers were running so um, you have to kind of get used to the fact there are multiple races going on on the track at the same time which can be pretty pretty hard to follow along with from a fan standpoint. But uh, if you want to see um, a lot of different manufacturers, a lot of really cool cars, um, and, and a lot of easy access to the drivers and the teams and, and the cars, uh, if you have an IMSA race at a track within a couple hundred miles, man, it's well worth the time to spend the weekend checking out IMSA for sure. Okay, very cool. Um, do you ever go locally? Oh, sure. Yeah, I go for at least you know, a handful of times every year out to the – I go to the Merced Speedway. I've been meaning to get down to the Madera Speedway, which is uh, called the fastest half mile in – I don't know. It's not the fastest half mile. That's just the marketing slogan. But uh, they actually have their uh, – quite a few of their races are on – uh, it's called Mav TV, which is kind of a racing uh, cable TV and, and also streaming um, channel. Um I haven't haven't made my way down there. I've been watching some of it on TV, but I do go out to the the old dirt track here at Merced okay. occasionally, and uh, you know I take take one or two of my sons out with me, and you know go out and and enjoy the racing. And, and as a matter of fact, where I work, um, a number of my coworkers race out there. Oh, really? Um, you know, cool. it's it's uh, one of them actually um, left. Uh, left his job and moved back to Iowa to basically race full time. Um, he got a job back there, but he races, uh, he races, um, essentially stock cars throughout the Midwest, throughout Iowa. And, 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 um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, racing at the grassroots level is, it, it ain't going to die. You know, it, it's, there's always, you know, it, as long as, uh, you can put a motor in it and drive it, we're gonna race it. That's the that's the way it is. If for you folks out there, when I say locally, I'm talking about the 209 where he and I grew up, and he still lives. Just so he's yeah. like, what's he talking about? Yeah, Central San Joaquin Valley, the 209. Absolutely, right, far out. Um, alrighty then. Like I said, we've got we've covered a lot of ground. I'm really glad we got to do this again. It's always very insightful for me in terms of. Second, like, besides, I do, it gives me more stuff to look into and actually sound like I know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> and uh, what? Yeah, it's it's not what you know; it's it's how you make it appear that you know. How, <laughs> what you when you make it appear that you know? That's it. Well, yeah, these conversations have you know piqued my interest to in the point you know where during the during the, during the season, 
You know, I'm always looking to see what's going to, you know, I'm, I'm always checking that. And I've been sitting here, because in this weird part of the year, where, you know, basically, you know, as far as, outside of the main sports, golf's going, and I'm like, can we get some more sports so I have more things to talk about? And, you know, Absolutely. So before I let you go, um, any predictions for the 500 this, this coming up this weekend? Phew, that that is of every any race that is run that is the absolutely the hardest one to pick i mean it it is it is such a crap shoot because what happens they crash yes, they, they crash do. they crash they crash um i suspect the fords will be strong again the fords were good last year and um in the restricted plates um if if I'm I'm gonna throw if I was to throw any name out there I would I would probably say Joey Logano. Okay, I, I I can see that. Wow. All right. Well, this has been like I said a pleasure. Looking forward to seeing how things transpire. You know, I'll definitely be making it a point to like sending you some IMs to get some insight about some of these races, which I meant to do last year, but now that we have this conversation. You know, just so I can, like I said, get more insight as time goes goes on. But in the meanwhile, you know, enjoy. It's always a pleasure. As you know, we go back many, many years. I'm hoping to get down to the 209 here sometime this spring. And, you know, maybe we can hang out and chat and watch a race. You got it, man. My house is your house. Fantastic. Well, okay, then. Until we talk again, you know, enjoy, enjoy the evening and we will... Chat again soon. Thanks for having me in the foxhole, Ken. Okay, thank you for coming on. All right, that was a great conversation in the foxhole. Always a pleasure to have the corner man on. Definitely looking forward to our future conversations and checking in with him throughout the season. Yeah, going to take a quick breather here and then get cracking on. A weekly podcast but it's been fun thank you for jim for spending some time in the foxhole and enlightening us about the world of motor car racing looking forward to daytona this weekend among other things but yeah we'll see you all soon